Welcome to the show. It is Thursday, May 3rd. Counting down the days to Cinco de Mayo, I guess. I like Mexican food. Welcome to the show, everybody. So um, we got a lot to talk about, including great performances from great players. I, I thought yesterday was was one of the most normal days, other than maybe you great. Darvish. Right. It was great. Every, the, the good players were, were good. For the most oh, part. I don't think it was normal. Scott, it was... We had a lot of abnormality. Yeah, but that always happens. Always just arguing for the sake of arguing. It was a normal amount of abnormalities, you're saying. Oh, now he's Chris Towers. No, no, no. Okay, look, obviously, two, three homer days, that's very abnormal. But Uh the the good players did well, except for Darvish, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. It, it was, Maybe Darvish uh, is just not a good player well, anymore. Maybe. I, how about we just get into it and I'll figure out what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, then here's our first segment. It's called Am I an Idiot? And it's about me. Am, am I an Idiot? Love this segment. It's a great segment. Uh, I picked up Fernando Romero and I finally have his name right. He's a twin starting pitcher who did quite well yesterday in his major league debut. Five and two thirds for Romero. Four hits, no runs, three walks, five strikeouts against the Blue Jays. I am in six leagues. And I picked him up in four leagues overnight on either waiver claims or fab. And after I got him in all four leagues, I was like, am I an idiot? Did I miss something? How is there not more demand for this guy? So am I an idiot? And did I miss something? Well, I I don't. I think you've given us an incomplete question. Picking (laughs) up Fernando Romero in four leagues does not make you an idiot. We But we also do not have enough information to make that call. I need to know who you dropped for po- Fernando Romero. Points League, Delano to Shields. And That's an idiot. That's fine. It's points, points League. league. He, he's going to be he's going to be a starting caliber outfielder. Okay, but I, I happen to he's not going to be for me. I have good outfielders. Uh, I think I dropped Renault, uh, Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. I mean, I I do like Danny Duffy more and like. I'm uh, and I'm ranking them since, but if you want to take a shot on the upside, that seems fine. Uh, Steven Matz? Definitely fine. Perfectly fine. Maybe the first player I have ranked below Romero. <laughs> and I don't remember. Uh, yes, I do. Brandon McCarthy, I believe. Brandon McCarthy. A perfectly boring player to drop. I mean, that that sounds fine to me. I like. I feel. Uh, Upside pitchers, um, who have shown us more that Romero wasn't much of a priority for me. I, I mean, he's, this is kind of a hurried trip to the majors, um, after a brief minor league career that had some health issues in it and he had walk issues throughout his minor league career. He, he only has two pitches. So, I mean, there's reasons to doubt him. You know, it's it's not like this is Mike Soroka coming up. He's not quite that level of prospect, but there is upside there for sure. Um, but you know, like compared to the the Nick Kinghams and Caleb Smiths of the world, less guys who aren't exactly prospects. But I, I feel like we saw a lot more from them when they actually pitched, and they're well, so available. We, show, we like saw it, a lot. It, it, from it's going to take a while for me to get to the Fernando Romero level of uh, of wanting to add him. So that, that I guess that's why I was confused. Why why so I understand Soroka over him, but Kingham was not hyped at all. We were not on Kingham until he had his, you know, per- flirtation with a perfect game in his major league debut. In fact, I had read twice that he projected more as a back end of the rotation type of starting pitcher. Romero has good mm-hmm. minor league numbers and he's got a chance to stick around for the Twins, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I almost felt like it was uh, maybe fatigue, waiver wire fatigue, that there were just too many starting pitchers lately coming up, and Romero sort of slipped, I don't know if I should say slipped through the cracks, but people were just kind of like, oh, okay, another guy, I've, I've already picked up, I've already picked up Soroka, or I've already picked up Kingham, or something like that. I, I just, I don't see why he's on such a different playing field, and Heath, why don't you jump in here on Romero, and then we'll wrap this segment up. I don't really feel like he's on a different playing field than Kingham. Or than Caleb Smith. I, I would put him in the same group as those guys. He's on a different playing field than Flaherty, than Walker Bueller. Um, but they also don't have jobs. And then Soroka. Well, Bueller right. might have a job now. Hyunjin Ryu is likely headed to the DL. Oh, that's true. And that's Bueller true. will start on Friday or Saturday in Mexico. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like I see the upside in all of them, and you just kind of have to pick your favorites, and for the reasons I mentioned, Romero is not one of my favorites. Alright. Fair enough. 
So I have concluded that I am not an idiot and that if you want to pick up Romero, you should not drop anyone you are ultra attached to. And there you go. We've got some trade talk today. Buy low, sell high, buy high, player we're worried about. Uh, we've got guys that just keep on raking, like Jed Lowry, who hit another home run last night. He is, you know, on pace certainly for a career high. But we also have the total jerk tweet of the day from Scott White. What a total jerk, Scott White. I'm not an idiot, <laughs> but Scott is a total jerk. Uh, not to scare anyone, but Glaber Torres' injury last year which was originally classified as a hyperextended elbow. And that was, of course, after Jacob deGrom left with a hyperextended elbow. Were you, you're not trying to scare anyone, Scott, you total jerk? I was just stating a relevant fact, I thought, because I was trying to find a history of hyperextended elbows to get some idea of what kind of timetable we're looking at for deGrom. With, and I didn't this... find that, but I found that Glaber Torres was removed from that game last June with the hyperextended elbow. Three days later, he was having Tommy John surgery. So um, we don't have the MRI results for DeGrom yet. I, You know, my presumption is it's not that bad, but it's it's certainly not good. He's His absence, I would suspect, will measure in weeks at the very least. Yeah, you know, I was uh, watching HQ this morning, and David Sampson was talking about this. Mm-hmm. And... I, I don't think it's likely that he needs to have Tommy John surgery, but David Sampson was talking about how the fact that like this it does affect the stretching of the ligaments in the wrong direction. Hmm. Like it could cause it, it definitely caused some sort of strain, and that's just a version for a not very severe tear. A severe tear will lead to surgery. One thing this... I'm encouraged about is he. Suffered the injury while batting in the third inning. Came back and pitched the fourth. Looked normal. I mean, he struck out one. He allowed one of the two hits in the game. But, you know, pitching-wise, well, he did fine. Irvin Santana's pitched for like a decade with a torn UCL. Yeah. Well, sure. I, I mean, the, DeGrom was dominating. He was so good last night. And he's been one of the uh degrominant. He well he has been. He's it's been degromination. He's he's jumped into uh I don't know if it's permanent, but he had been jumping into that next year. He'd been pitching like a true ace. And this is a shame. I wonder if it puts Matt Harvey back in the rotation. I don't think anybody is interested in that. And maybe Harvey mm-hmm. can throw a little party about it. But uh, all right, let's go to the big news. Johnny Cueto may see Dr. James Andrews. That's never good. Josh Donaldson could be back today. That is good. Anthony Rendon is going to begin a rehab assignment today. Could be back by the end of the week. Daniel Murphy, not good, experiencing discomfort when he runs. So that's, I don't know if I'd call that a setback, but it's not a good thing for Daniel Murphy. He's coming back from knee surgery. Yoan Moncada day-to-day with hamstring tightness. Still no timetable for Miguel Cabrera's return. Bryce Harper stayed in the leadoff spot, and he homered again, and he stole a base. Was he a dong chaser's pick, Keith? He was a dong chaser's pick of Mike McClure. And uh, I think Chris is still in first, but Mike's Mike's catching up. Okay. Dong Chasers is a segment on the Sportsline DFS podcast where we help you win some money every single day on your DFS sites. Anthony Rizzo was not batting leadoff. He batted cleanup, and he also homered. I was watching the Twins game yesterday for Fernando Romero purposes, uh, but Eddie Rosario has three home runs in his last five games, and in his last 36 home games, Eddie Rosario is batting three forty three with 13 home runs and 10 doubles. So that's crazy. But the announcers were talking about how he's he looks a lot better at the plate. Looks like he's made some adjustments. He's not trying to hit the ball hard all the time. He's not trying to pull the ball all the time. Good stuff for Eddie Rosario. Uh, Shohei Otani could pitch Sunday. Ryan Braun left with calf tightness. He's expected to be back tomorrow. Jordan Montgomery out six to eight weeks with an elbow strain. And Domingo Herman is in the Yankees rotation. Guys, Joe Musgrove is nearing a return are you interested in Joseph Musgrove, RP-eligible starting pitcher for the Pirates, Heath? He's somebody you could definitely add as a SPARP and a points league. I would not want to start him, but I have some teams where I'm holding on to a third closer. A lot of times it's where I own Greg Holland, and I'm, my relief pitchers are pretty, pretty shaky. Or I was starting Yanni Chirinos, and now he's on the DL. So, yeah, as a SPARP, I have interest. In Joe Musgrove. Michael Conforto sat against the lefty yesterday, and Hyunjin Ryu left with that groin strain, likely to go on the DL. All right, Heath, so again, Bueller, 61% owned. Is he a must-add right now? He's absolutely a must-add in a league where you could start him this week. I have 
interest in pretty much starting him whenever he pitches. And well, uh, I have to admit I have not studied the dimensions of the ballpark in Mexico. Yeah, the altitude we talked, will we, be higher. We talked about it yesterday. It could be it could be a little dicey. Could be a little. It dicey. could be dicey. I would have to look into that just a little bit. But yes, the thing about the Dodgers, and we've talked about this a lot, and I expect it will be the case with Bueller at some point. They have a lot of pitchers that bounce on and off of the disabled list. I think mostly because of the way they handle their training. And not, I didn't mean that in a bad way. I mean because they're more cautious. They have enough starting pitchers to do this. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bueller stays in the rotation for a month, but then disappears for a month so they can limit his innings. Yeah, I have a little bit of concern about him just on a start by start basis. How many times you're actually going to get six innings from Bueller? Cause I, I do think one, he has walk issues, so that could elevate his pitch count. And two, I think he threw like a hundred innings last year. So you know they're not going to turn him loose, right? Oh, six? Like you're, I really think when you start Bueller, you're hoping for five innings. Right, right. So quality um, start league, you, you want to get keep that six, in mind. It's bonus. Yeah. All right. But, but that again, he's a very good, uh, he's an elite prospect. Uh, let's talk about then who you would maybe drop. Uh, would, okay. Kingham or, or Bueller? I'd rather have Bueller. Soroka or Bueller? Uh, have we got a final answer on Soroka yet? No. Because I saw some speculation that they might want him to make one more start because it's at home, which is kind of ridiculous what, when you think fan, about it. But also, <laughs> but yeah. also, I, I understand it as well. They've got some question marks. It may be as simple as how does Julio Tehran's start next start go? Um, I will say Bueller. Okay. How about Junior Guerra or Bueller? Bueller. All right. And, uh, Joanna Cespedes, uh, his diamond necklace broke near second base. It was, uh, very expensive. It looked very expensive anyway. Like, and, what are you doing wearing expensive jewelry on the baseball field? I think everybody's wondering that right now, Heath. I'm gonna guess he has more. I'm gonna guess he has more. Right. But, I mean, I just, I don't understand. I understand buying expensive jewelry. It sounds nice. By the way, uh, people are probably like, where's Scott? Uh, Scott had a, Computer issue. We're getting him back shortly. What do you think Scott's doing? Should we play What Is Scott Doing Right Now? Is he? I would guess Scott has his frustrated face on. Yes. And, um, I mean, I've, I don't believe Scott curses, but he could still be talking in a very stern manner to the computer. All right. Well, he's almost ready to join us, but in, t- uh, in the meantime, let's rank these starting pitchers. They were... Mostly good. Four out of five, very good yesterday. And then there's Dylan Bundy. So let's rank these starting pitchers, Heath. James Paxton with 31 swinging strikes and 16 strikeouts against the A's. And he did not even get the win, but he was dominant. He said he had the, probably the best fastball he's ever had. James Paxton last night. Aaron Nola, great start against the Marlins. And not a ton of strikeouts, 35 and 45 and two-thirds. But he's actually faced three teams in the bottom eight in strikeouts per game, meaning like the eighth fewest strikeouts per game. And um, so he's had a little bit of a tough schedule, especially against the Braves. He's struck out everybody except the Braves, basically. Uh, so that's Aaron Nola. Zach Godley, solid, but he hasn't, he hasn't been great this year. He's been solid. Uh, Blake Snell, another good start for him. And Dylan Bundy, who now has two stinkers in a row. Going to get Scott back on right now. But the pitchers are Paxton, Nola, Godley, Snell, and Bundy. You think about that for just a second, Heath, as we welcome back Scott White. Hi, you all right over there? Me? Yeah, I'm fine. All My right. computer quit on me. He sounds it's back. He sounds frustrated, Heath. Yeah, I knew he had a frustrated face. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Heath, you can start. Scott, I will get your rankings after. Paxton, Nola, Godley, Snell, Bundy, Rankham Heath. I'll go Nola, Paxton, Snell, Bundy, and Godley. Nola, Paxton, Snell. You put Godley last? I put Godley last, and I've moved Godley up a lot, but I've moved most of these guys up a lot throughout the season, so they're all in my top 30 starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. None of them are in my top 20 starting pitchers. So you're going Nola, Paxton, Snell, Bundy, Godly. Scott, how about you? How would you rank those five? Paxton, Nola, Snell, Godly, Bundy. 
Ooh, Godly Four. Yeah, I dropped. I dropped Godly behind Snell, which is largely has to do with Snell. I mean, two walks in his last four starts, and that was his biggest issue. But I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about Godly. The swinging strikes haven't been there like they were last year. I mean, the the ground ball rate's been awesome, but it was the combined bat missing ability plus ground ball rate that I thought took him to a new level last year. Still looks like a quality pitcher, but I'm, I have, I, I'm beginning to have doubts he'll be great. Okay. What do you guys think about Bundy? Cause he did this last year too. He, ha- he had a great start. It was about two months and then he completely imploded and then he was great again down the stretch. But I think the difference is last year he, he had the great start, but it was really just the ERA. The strikeouts were not there. Strikeouts are there this year, but this is two terrible starts in a row for Dylan Bundy. And just like Godley, I mean, and I guess Nola too. Uh, they don't throw particularly hard, so that's always a concern with Bundy for me, anyway. But what do you guys think about Dylan Bundy right now? His success last year was tied to his slider usage, which was back up at the start of this season, and part of the reason for optimism. It was down two starts ago, the first of the bad starts, um, but it was back for this start. And part of his explanation for why he lowered his slider usage during the rough stretch last year as he just didn't have the feel for it then. Um, and and so, you know, while the answer seems like it just be throw your slider more, I mean, if he doesn't have a feel for it, it may lead to things like this. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, it's reasonable to assume right now it's just a two-star blip, but based on his history... Um, there's reason to be a little concerned. How would we feel about Dylan Bundy if he throws 180 innings, strikes out 10.6 batters per nine, and has a 370 ERA? Pretty good. Pretty think, darn good. Like I think if you look at everything, he had a little regression coming. He's had some bad luck a little bit in his last couple starts. But all the peripherals basically show him as about what he's been so far this year. I I don't know that he is consistent enough in what he needs to do to be that ace all the time, and he's going to have a couple of bad starts, but he's still a top 30 starting pitcher. Okay. Well, I want to see how many starting pitchers had ERAs that high. There are a lot of them. In the top 24, they're like you go farther like the top 28 last year. Yeah, I mean, after you after you get past 20... You're actually seeing a lot of pitchers last year in points leagues where innings matter with ERAs around four or higher, like Quintana, Bauer, Samarja, Garrett Cole last year. Uh, now, the other thing that might be a problem in points leagues and in Roto, it's 20% of the categories for 25 for starting pitchers. He's one in four. The Orioles yeah. are not good at all, and they're in the same division as the Yankees and Red Sox. So yeah. that could be a problem. That, that that probably will be a problem. Now, Sean Newcomb was great yesterday. We'll talk about yesterday's standouts and a little buy low, sell high in just a bit. Right now, I want to talk about SeatGeek and your opportunity to save 20 bucks. Next time you go to a game or a concert or a comedy or a theater, you got to make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket. I've been to plenty of Yankees games, a Giants game, Miami Hurricanes games when I'm down in Florida. ACC tournament. I went to the ACC tournament at Barclays thanks to the SeatGeek app. Uh, I've gone to concerts on SeatGeek. I use it all the time because I don't have to search multiple sites. SeatGeek does that work for me. So if I'm interested in saving time and saving money, I know SeatGeek is going to get me the best seats, the most bang for my buck. The promo code is FANTASY. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY. Look, you may not need it right now, but next time you're thinking about going to a game or any type of event, Think about SeatGeek. Download the app and use the promo code FANTASY and get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now, here's another great offer. SeatGeek has a special offer for all MLB purchasers, not just first-timers. Use the promo code TODAY and you get 10 bucks off MLB tickets. That promo code is TODAY, as in Fantasy Baseball Today. So now we have two different promo codes for you. This is amazing. FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Or today for ten bucks off any purchase. That is pretty cool. That is a great offer. 
Now it's time for our email of the day, Heath. It is from Brian from Atlanta OTP. What does that mean, OTP? On the prairie? On no, the- I don't think that's what that means. Of the people? Of the people? It could be of the people, but I doubt that's it either. Do you know what it is? Am I embarrassing myself right now? OTP? Um, I'm not going to answer the first question, and the second answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you drop Sonny Gray for Sean Newcomb in a Roto League? I would. I would do it in a points league too. I, there is more upside with Sean Newcomb than there is with Sonny Gray. And, um, he's obviously, I, I'm surprised he's available on the waiver wire in your league. Yeah, I would absolutely do that. He's 78% owned Sean Newcomb coming off a great start. I, okay. Uh, you asked Heath. Heath hates Sonny Gray and loves Sean Newcomb. Just keep that in mind. Well, I mean, it's, I don't think it would really be any different if noted Braves homer Scott White had been asked that question. Scott is, okay, so Scott, uh, technical issues, it, we've kicked him off the podcast. Uh, he'll be yeah. back tomorrow. We'll Tired get it all, of it. We'll get it all sorted. No, stop. We'll get it all sorted <laughs> out. Uh, I feel bad for Scott. I know he's trying hard. Uh, I'm just not going to be able to make it happen today. Uh, alright, so I don't think I would. Kind of, kind of like Sunny Gray. I mean, I'm sure Sonny Gray is trying as hard as he can, but Sonny Gray is not nearly as bad as you make him out to be. Okay, like you, you hate it. Oh, leave him alone. I don't leave I'm not alone. That he's the worst pitcher in baseball. He can't be the worst pitcher on your roster. God, I'm sorry. Uh, he can Gray. absolutely be the worst pitcher on your roster. All right. Well, I don't think I would drop him for Nukas. Nukem is still walking, guys. I mean, yesterday he didn't. He has 15 walks and 34 and two thirds. He has a 127 whip. It's not, actually not terrible. I He's went really to good. The, uh, He's really good. Starting pitcher leaderboard to try to check out what uh, Gray's peripheral said, but he has been yanked from his starts too quickly and doesn't have enough innings to qualify. Look, he's been terrible. Forget about his peripherals. He's been bad. He's going to turn it around. He's an established veteran, Heath. We're only a month into the season. He is an established veteran that has an ERA around, what, 4.8 since 2016? Yeah, but last year it was like 3.7, wasn't it? It was 3.55 last year, yes. 3.55. So that's beautiful. All right, uh, Wednesday standouts. So let's, let's get into it. Who stood out to you? Then we'll get into the triple dongers and the double dongers. Yeah, what stood out to me was a little bit of redemption for, well, it's one of the triple dongers. So I apologize. That's, no, that's fine. Go for it. Go for it. Edwin Encarnacion. Um, we've had a lot of questions, and we're going to hit on another one of them when we get to the buy low segment. But we've had a lot of questions about Edwin Encarnacion, about Matt Carpenter, and those guys are starting to hit. And I like it a lot. Yeah, and the weather has been so bad this year. There have just been so many more cold weather games this April compared to last April. So offense is going to pick up. And Encarnacion, he's, he's a bad April hitter now. He just is. And I... You know, if we had done buy low, sell high yesterday, Encarnacion would have been my guy. So that's off yep. the table now. But if we look at all the triple dongers and double dongers from yesterday, Betts, Encarnacion, Giancarlo Stanton, who's just just a lefty destroyer. He homered twice off Dallas Keuchel. And Nolan Arenado. Is there anything to say about these guys? Uh, any, you know, other than they are who we thought they were? Uh, yeah, Mookie Betts might be the number one player in fantasy. I am still a little bit concerned about Giancarlo. And I, I do think he's, uh, he's of this group that when they were struggling, Stanton was the only one I'm, I'm really worried about. Yeah. And he's got a ton of strikeouts, 47 strikeouts so far this year, but you always thought it was going to get better for him. Well, no, I think what I said was that the concern I had for Stanton was that the gains he made in strikeout percentage last year didn't stick because mm-hmm. he'd been a 27, 28, 29, almost 30% strikeout guy for most of his career until last year when it dropped down to 23.6. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to be below 25% to be a first-round pick. So I know Scott would disagree and say he's been a first-round pick type of player before without with a 30% strikeout rate. And I would t- I would tend to agree because I still think he can hit 50 home runs. Right. His batting average is always going to fluctuate between like 260 and 290. You just never know with Stanton. No, that's the thing. 2013, he hit 249. 2016, he hit 240 in 119 games. He's got he has a a couple of 280, 290 seasons in there as well, but those are years when he struck out 23 percent of the time and 26 percent of the time. Okay. 
So I, like, I don't, he can't, his batting average is going to fluctuate between 240 and 265 if he strikes out this much. But he's hit 290 before with a ton of strikeouts, right? Two or 280s? He hit 288 with a 26.6% strikeout rate. He hit 281 with a 23.6% strikeout rate. All right. So bets, back to bets real quick. I'd take him second overall right now. Cause, because Altu, I don't know what to make of Altuve not stealing. You know, and Betts already has, like Betts and Altuve probably would steal a similar amount of bases, we thought going into the year. Altuve has what, one steal so far? Betts has three. I, he's, he's never hit 30 home runs, but he was two, two years ago, Mookie Betts was the number one player in fantasy. Two years ago, he hit 31 home runs. Oh, sorry. I thought he hit 28. That's, and that's okay. I, I think that's, I had Betts fourth, I believe, and Altuve second. I ab- absolutely agree with taking Betts second. And there's, there's another guy that's kind of like him. It's Manny Machado that like everything we looked at said he just got terribly unlucky and he's still a completely elite player. Manny Machado should be a first round pick if we draft right now. Yeah. And then the other guy is kind of like that is Betts. Like, so last year, Betts, amazing plate discipline. The steals, the homers were, were there. You know, the homers weren't quite there, but he, it's not like he had a total power outage. It's just his batting average was so bad and his BABIP was low and we knew it was, it was fluky. But I mentioned this the other day, Chris Bryant. Where is the freaking power? He homered yesterday. What does he have? Three home runs? Four home runs now, Chris Bryant? Uh, you know, I, I thought that Bryant could have the bounce back year that Mookie Betts is currently having. And of course, we're only one fifth one sixth through the season right now, or a little more. So he could, but it isn't happening yet for, for Chris Bryant in terms of the home I, runs. I'm not worried about Chris Bryant's power even a little bit. His hard contact rate is still extremely elite. His fly ball rate is down to 35%, which would be a little bit of a problem for home runs, but it hasn't really gone to ground balls. It's just that he's hitting a lot more line drives. I think the fluctuation between fly balls and line drives a month into the season is enough to not worry about it at all. So how many home runs do you think Chris – how many home runs Mookie Betts? How many home runs for Chris Bryant? Let's see. Chris Bryant, I will say – we'll assume 160 games for both. Sure, yeah. Or 150 games for both. 155, right in the middle. So Bryant's got another 130 games. I guess he hits thir- 30 from here, so 33 total. Okay, 33 total. Betts already with 11 home runs. Yeah, I don't – I'd be really surprised if he keeps up this home run rate, but I could see him hit 20 from here, so finish with 31. 31. So you still think Bryant out homers bets, even though bets is an eight homer advantage right now? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, buy low, sell high. Oh wait, no, 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 we're not there yet, Adam. Just hold your horses, man. All right. Wednesday standouts. I want to talk about two pitchers who struggled to, to varying degrees. You Darvish has been awful. 0-3, 6 ERA. He cannot get through five innings. He gave up three home runs. Wind was blowing out, but whatever. Only two good starts this year, both against Milwaukee. You Darvish has been terrible. And Dallas Keuchel, I mean, you and you and Mike McClure were talking about it on yesterday's show. He just hasn't quite been great yet. He's been fine. He, he's still he still only had more than I think only one start where he's given up more than three earned runs. But a little bit of a home run problem for Keuchel. He gave up two to Stanton yesterday. So what do you think about Darvish and Keuchel going forward? Well, I had planned on talking about Darvish in the segment that you can't wait to get to. Then we'll wait. Then we'll wait. So we'll wait on Darvish. I There has not really been anything about Dallas Keuchel's season that has surprised me at all. And it could have gone much differently, and I would still be saying that. I. I He's been kind of all over the map. He has shown us elite production when I didn't think it was necessarily elite performance. He's had a terribly unlucky year as as well. He's not striking anyone out. His control is improved from where it was last year and back closer to the elite numbers that it was in 2014-2015. I think the home runs will normalize just a little bit, but I think he's a he's a mid 3 ZRA guy. I want to know uh, if you could tell me if Keiko is pitching up in the zone more, because I, I see I feel like he is, and he's not getting he's still got a lot of ground balls, but not what we're used to seeing from Keiko. Fly balls are up a little bit. The home run to fly ball ratio is very similar to last year's, but more fly balls, fewer ground balls. 
And he's he's still giving up a ton of soft contact. But I feel like he's trying to pitch up in the zone a little bit more. And I wonder if it's because guys are sort of on to his just pound the lower edge of the strike zone over and over and over again. I'm going to try to get that information for you. Um, but it's it's not probably going to happen. All right. In a reasonable amount of time. Maybe may, may finish. Stay, stick around. All right. All right. All right. Well, um, w- would you want to would you want to try to buy low on I know you're going to tell me what you feel about Darvish, but what about on Keiko? That would depend on how low I could buy on him, I guess. Are you going to take Sean Newcomb over Dallas Keiko? I'm not. Thank goodness. Are it's you gonna... real. It's it's kind of close in Roto. Are you but in a take, point uh, in a points league, no way. Are you going to take uh, Aaron Nola over Dallas Keuchel? In Roto, I am. All right. All right, Heath. Let's talk trade. Buy low, sell high, buy high. Someone you're actually worried about. Start out with a buy low. Who you got? I teased it a little bit when we were talking about Edwin and Carnacion. Carlos Santana has been awful. It's not the first slow start we've seen in Carlos Santana's career. In fact, it's more the norm. But you look at what he's actually done. He has more walks than he does strikeouts. He has a career-high hard contact rate, but a 163 BABIP and a 4.4% home run to fly ball rate. I'm just not worried Are, are you going to use him every single week? What do you mean? You always go with Carlos Santana. Well, eventually he's going to do what well, Edwin Encarnacion did. Here's the, here's the problem. He, uh, he doesn't have bad starts. He has bad halves. He's bad for three months. Every freaking year. I don't think that's exactly. It's true. true. I looked at, I, I did this on a show that you weren't on last, you know what? You can't find your Dallas Keuchel stats. I will find my Carlos Santana stats. It's, I do think he's a buy low. I just think he should wait a little bit longer on Carlos Santana. That's, that's where I'm at with him. Um, but you're not. You think it's, he'll turn around sooner. I don't feel comfortable saying that. You don't feel comfortable I, saying what? That I want to wait just a little bit longer. Okay. You might miss your boat. It, it, like, he hits three dongs, and uh-oh, you can't buy low on him anymore. <laughs> but he's not hes not Edwin Encarnacion. Like, he's a much different player. He is a much different player, but he's got a 38% hard contact rate and a 50% fly ball rate. So three dongs in a game would not be a big shock at all. Damn it, I can't find my Carlos Gonzalez stat. Uh, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. No, I got it right now. Okay, here we go. 2000... 17, first three months, he batted 225 with nine home runs. 2016, first three months, he batted 237. He had the power, though. He had 16 home runs, but he batted 237. 2015, first three months, he batted 213 with nine home runs. Here's here's my issue. 2014, first three months, he batted 205 with 12 home runs. I'm going to need, though, a month-by-month breakout because if he's hitting 150 every April— then he's just catching up in May and June, then that doesn't count. I I mean, I consider... Fine. Okay, uh, my buy low is Jay Bruce. Uh, look, either Jay Bruce is done, or he's just going to go back to hitting 30, 32 home runs and driving at 100 runs and being streaky. So he might be done. He's getting up there in age. The thing that concerns me is that he hasn't had that many bats against lefties, so I can't blame that on Jay Bruce's slow start. But I think he'll mostly be fine, and he'll kind of like he's sort of like a a light version of Justin Upton. He's streaky. He'll get his numbers at the end of the year. Agree, disagree, Jay Bruce. Well, um, I don't think there's anything that you can look at in the numbers that makes you feel good about saying that. I did think he was undervalued, and I just I almost think with where Jay Bruce was drafted. He might be getting dropped. I agree, and I would pick him up. Yes, I would pick him up. I'm not sure that I would give anything up for him. I don't think you need to give up anything for Jay Bruce in a shallow league because, you know, he's he's interchangeable. But if you play in, like, a five outfielder league, that's where I'd be looking to, to make a move for Bruce. Um, I'm, and, and, I'm fine with that. And there's nothing in the, stat, the data other than uh, his strikeouts are down. It's just track record. Uh, all right, sell high. Sell high is John Lester. His ERA looks really good, and ERA does matter, but he has the lowest strikeout percentage since 2012 for him, his highest walk percentage since 2011. And I I always like it when like the three peripherals all agree. 
His FIPS 455, his XFIPS 465, his Sierra's 461. He's like, we saw signs of decline last year. We were a little worried coming into the year and ranked him a little bit lower because of that, but thought he'd probably bounce back. He's bounced back with production so far, but not necessarily with performance. John Lester, a sell high for Heath. Would you sell high John Lester for? You would rather have Castillo, Luis Castillo, or John Lester? I think that's right in the range. All five of the guys you had me rank earlier, I now have ahead of Lester. Including Bundy. Um, including Blake Snell, including Zach Godley was the lowest. So all of those guys are ahead of him. I I think I'd probably rather have Castillo than Lester. All right, my buy, my sell high is somebody we talked about maybe yesterday, Christian Villanueva. It's just that he has destroyed lefties, and he's had so many at-bats against lefties. So I think um, if somebody's buying, I'm selling. Now, in my leagues, I, I couldn't get much for Villanueva, so I'd keep him. But if you can turn him into an established veteran who is struggling, I think that's what I would do with Christian Villanueva. We will tell you who we should buy high on who are buying in just a second. But let's talk about the draft app. I actually had a pretty good day on draft yesterday, but I ran into a total juggernaut, and I came, I believe, in second place. Uh, in the draft app yesterday, I will tell you right now. Oh, no, I came in third place. Wasn't as good as I thought. I had Aaron Nola, Paul Goldschmidt, Cesar Hernandez, Reese Hoskins, and D. Gordon. And the winning team was loaded. Godley, Votto gave him a zero. But Matt Adams, Bryce Harper, Christian Yelich. You want some home runs on your team on the draft app. But it's so fun. And I love playing. And a lot of people are joining. I've got like 3,000 followers, which means people are signing up with the promo code FB today. When you sign up with that promo code FB today, when you make your first deposit on draft, you will automatically follow me, Big Kane 2, and I will send out draft invites every single day, at least every weekday, uh, to do a $1 contest of five people, and you will be able to beat me. And these are snake drafts. This is not salary cap stuff like on the other DFS sites. This is the best part of fantasy every single day, the snake draft. No waiver wire, no trades. Set it and forget it. Get online. I love the Draft app. Get on Draft.com or download the app and start playing right now. You can play small contests, bigger contests. The drafts are really quick. They're really fun. And if your player is out, Draft will notify you so you can make a change. Uh, FB today is the promo code. Again, the promo code FB today. You'll get into a real money game for free with the promo code FB today when you make your first deposit on Draft. Uh, buy high. Actually, don't have a name for this, Heath. You I, don't have a name for this. I, I thought Scott. I, what was I really going can't to. stand is when we come up with something we're going to do, and then the person doesn't come prepared <laughs> to the show with names and stats to back it up. I was well. I thought it was going to be your segment. I, I'm playing the role of Scott right now. So, oh, uh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, quick update on Dallas Keuchel before I give this because yeah. I did promise it to the people. In 2015, Dallas Keuchel threw 9% of his strikes in the upper third of the strike zone. In 2016, that was 11.3%. Last year, it was only 6.8%. This year, it is 12.4%. I told you. The highest in the last four years. And I think that's kind of interesting. That's a little bit of an issue for me because I think it could lead to more home runs. Well, I think part of the problem is that that is viewed by some as the solution to the new um, fly ball revolution is you get guys to pop more balls up because of their swing. They're trying to swing under the ball. Yeah, I just he 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 dominates the lower edge of the zone. It's interesting. It's something to monitor, something to monitor. It's really just been the home runs. I was glad I was able to bring those numbers to you. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I actually was right about that because I've it's nice to know that when you watch something on TV, you think you're right, and then it actually turns out to be right. It makes me feel like now i not an idiot, like we established at the beginning of the show. All right, Heath, uh, who are we buying high? I'm going to buy high on Lorenzo Kane. His 150-game pace right now, 280, 20 home runs, 90 runs, 50 RBI, 40 stolen bases. That's pretty good. But then you look and see that he's walking more than he's striking out. He has a career-high hard contact rate. And his BABIP is 40 points below his career average. If right. he keeps hitting like this, I expect him to be a 310 hitter. I expect him to probably score 100 runs. We thought he might run more because Milwaukee likes to run and he's so good at it. He hits 300 with 100 runs and 40 steals. He might be a top 10 outfielder in Roto. 
All right, Lorenzo Kane. He might hurt you in RBIs. Just leadoff yep. hitter, but 50 is very low. It's probably be higher than 50. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it's 60. All right, so just keep that in mind if you're in a categories league and you need RBIs. Um, all right, I guess if I were going to buy high on somebody, it'd be Didi Gregorius, although at this point it's ha- it'd have to be really high. I think he's more like a top 60 player. I buy him as a really, really good player. I don't think he's a top 20 player or anything like that, but he's certainly not outside the top 100, which is where, you know, around where he was going on draft day. So I'll just say Didi. Uh, I I don't think it's crazy to take Didi over Bregman at this point. I would not do that. I don't know if I would either, but but why? I I don't know why. Yeah, I I I don't have a a good uh, numbers based argument to make here. I still believe more in Bregman's upside than Didi's upside. And a player that we're actually worried about. You. <laughs> hey, screw I you. Am- not really, really, I'm, worried, I'm a little yeah. worried about Scott White right now. <laughs> um, but I'm absolutely worried about you, Darvish. And maybe my Chris Towers, um, cap on and just say that strikeout rate is generally more important than K per nine. And K per nine can be really misleading when someone's allowing a lot of base runners. And so they pitch to more batters per inning. And so they get more strikeouts per inning. That's what's happened with you. You might, Look at it and say, yeah, he has a higher array, but he's okay. Look at the strikeouts are still there. His 26.4% strikeout rate is the lowest of his career. His 9.4% swinging strike rate is way down, like two or three points from where he was when he was good. And he has an 11.4% walk rate, which is way up. I, I don't think you Darvish is going to be bad all year, but I am really don't think there's much of an argument for ranking him in the top 15 starting pitchers anymore. There was nothing impressive about him yesterday. It wasn't like, oh, well, he looked good, but just gave up. No, he looked terrible. Uh, I am also concerned. It's it's annoying. You just have to go back to track record, I guess. He's a good pitcher every single year, basically. And World Series, he was terrible. They said he was possibly tipping his pitches. I hope it's that simple. I, I still believe in Darvish, but I think what you're saying is like he's not really that much of a buy low right now, or unless you can get him super cheap. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'm I'm going to update my rankings sometime today or tomorrow. I've already started on starting pitchers, and uh, I I don't know that you's going to be in my top 25. You'll probably be closer to 30. Is he going to be behind Godley and Snell and Bundy and Paxton and all of them, or some yes. of them, all of them, all of them? See, I would not take Dylan Bundy over you over you, Darvish. You would really do that? Well, you probably wouldn't do it, but I would. You would not. I would. Wow. Wow. Let's do a Twitter poll. See what we can do in the last uh, 15 minutes. Probably won't get that many votes. but uh, I, I Again, I had a tough time coming up with somebody I'm actually worried about. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been, but I thought Scott was going to be on the segment. But I... I never, I, I never really wanted that many of the guys who were so surprisingly good last year. And so far, that is working out. Now, a few weeks ago, I said I was worried about Chris Taylor, and Taylor has turned it around. So worried about doesn't mean we're, you know, projecting total doom, but I am worried about Marwin Gonzalez. And uh, I just, is he good? He had one good year. He's had one good year in his career. I know the Astros are the smartest organization in the world, but I'm definitely worried about Marwin Gonzalez. I think you have every reason to be worried about Marwin Gonzalez. Um, perfectly reasonable. Thank you. Who would you rather have rest of the season and hit the Twitter poll button? You Darvish. I spelled it wrong. You Darvish or Dylan Bundy. Tweet. You's going to crush him. Yeah, probably. All right, uh, Heath, let's talk about some more. I almost called you Scott. Let's talk about some more pitchers and hitters from yesterday. Can they be great again? Marcus Stroman. Luis Castillo, Danny Duffy, Drew Pomeranz, Lucas Giolito, Stroman, Castillo, Duffy, Pomeranz, Giolito. How many of them do you think can be great going forward? Okay, I like the way you changed that to going forward because you said Lucas Giolito, and I was trying to remember when he was great. <laughs> um, I think Stroman can be what he was before. I'm not sure that I'm going to go with great. 
could he have an outlier of a season where he has a, a three ERA or right under? Sure. But I think he's a mid threes ERA, low strikeout, high innings pitcher. And I think he'll remain that. I absolutely believe Luis, Luis Castillo can be great again. Yes. Okay. Would I you, don't think anybody else here is going to be great. Not Pomeranz. Pomeranz has been great two years. Well, he's been great at run prevention two years in a row. He doesn't pitch deep into games. But he's no. been a must start two years in a row. He's Pomeranz. been a must start when he makes the starts. Duffy, based on yesterday's start, more likely to have dropped him or added him. And I know that sounds crazy because he gave up four home runs. But I don't know. There were some positives there. I guess I might say neither. Okay. Duffy, 75% owned. Uh, Lucas Giolito, 48% owned. What do you think of that ownership? That seems about right. I'm more likely to add Giolito after that start than I am drop him. Giolito, I believe, has Pitt- yeah, he has Pittsburgh and the Cubs on the road next week. Pittsburgh at home, Cubs on the road next week. 47% owned Giolito. He will be a two-star streamer. It's just points only, and you're not going to feel comfortable with that second one. Email of the day. We had number one. It was about Sean Newcomb. Email of the day number two is from Neil and Callie. Uh, were you on the show, Team Name Tuesday? Were you on Team Name Tuesday or no? Yes, I was. So you heard, while my VR gently weeps? Yes. And it didn't really get the rave reviews I thought it deserved. Right. So Neil and Callie has an alternative for while my VR gently weeps. Okay. Now there's a stipulation. You need to have the following players on your team. And you probably do. You probably have a, at least a few teams with all of these guys. Kyle Hendricks, Ty Block, Jonathan VR, Craig Gentry, and Jamile Weeks. What? You need Kyle Hendricks, Ty Block, Jonathan VR, Craig Gentry, and Jamile Weeks. And then you can have the team name Kyle, Ty, VR, Gentry, Weeks. That's terrible. And I would <laughs> like you to explain to me the type of league where you would own all of those players. Well, what's the opposite of a dynasty league? Like one where you're actually going into the past to take players who are no longer in baseball. <laughs> That's the yeah. Jamile Weeks league. Okay. Is he still, I don't know if he, is he still playing baseball? There's no way, right? I, I'm certain he's still playing baseball. Jamile Weeks? Professional baseball? Um, like, well, define professional. Like major league baseball? No. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what kind of type of league you'd have to have there. Um, but, uh, you'd have a terrible team. Let's go to some deep league targets. Are you interested in these guys? Matt Adams and Alex Verdugo owned in less than 25% of leagues. Matt Adams, Alex Verdugo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt Adams has been crushing baseballs for like a full year now, so you probably need to stop doubting that. Ryan Zimmerman's hitting the ball hard as well, but I I think Adams is going to get the majority of the playing time for the foreseeable future. And Verdugo, there's I like the fact that they bring him up and he's just like he was hitting second last night. I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah. I I wouldn't call it a must-add, but it definitely in deep leagues. No, Puig could be back in five days, but I still think they could get him in the lineup. I mean, he could certainly outperform Matt Kemp. Uh, they could get Verdugo in the lineup, and they and they need a spark. So Verdugo's 23% owned. Adams is 10% owned. Adams sits against lefties. That's the one thing you have to keep in mind. Next week they have seven games, the Nationals, and they have at least two lefties. Uh, and they have Tyson Ross, Zach Granke, Zach Godley. So it's kind of tough matchups for Adams in particular. But, yes, look, it's 10% ownership, especially if you're in a daily league. Start them against righties. How about these pitchers? They're owned in 25% of leagues or less. Andrew Heaney. Or fewer? I never. Andrew Heaney. Jose Arana. Brett Anderson. Tyler Anderson. Wade Miley. I think Heaney is the only one that I'm really interested in. This was a... Uh... This was a wild start where uh, six innings, one run, and only get, strike out two Baltimore Orioles. So I wouldn't say that it was necessarily encouraging. But at 22% owned, I think there are definitely leagues where he could be usable that he's not owned in. I also have a Jameel Weeks update. <laughs> Jamile. Because we, we want to get all of – well, I don't know I don't know exactly how you pronounce it right now because he is playing for the Acereros de Monclava <laughs> of the Mexican <laughs> Baseball League. Well, then it's Jamile. Jimmy Lay Weeks. Uh, you know, I think I, yeah, I did go to college with him, by the way. 
nice, nice, nice dude. Nice dude, uh, playing some Mexican baseball league action right now. Tyler Anderson gets whiffs. I know he pitches in Colorado, but he's actually been better at home in his career. I, be, I be, I'm pretty sure. Um, Tyler Anderson gets strikeouts. Not interested though. You'd rather have Heaney? I'd rather have Heaney than Anderson, yeah. We've been talking about sell high candidates. I could make the case that all four, well, three of these four are sell highs. Keep on keeping on. These guys just keep on doing it, man. Jorge Soler, Jed Lowry, Corey Dickerson, and Francisco Cervelli. Now, Soler is only 39% owned. But this is a guy like Christian Villanueva. He's crushing lefties. He's been not very good at all against righties. He's got a 364 slug against righties. So he's walking against them, but that's it. And the Royals have faced a lot of lefties. So that's Soler. Now, Lowry, Dickerson, and Cervelli. Lowry's the number two second baseman. Dickerson's a top 13 outfielder. Cervelli's a top four catcher. I mean, I think they're all probably sell high by the letter of the law, right? Like, they're not this good. But what do you think? So Lair's really interesting to me because we wrote about him in Waiver Wire a lot over the last week and a half saying there's probably something pretty good coming, and it came. I do think you... like. His batting average is definitely going to regress. He's not going to be anywhere close to a 300 hitter. I think he's probably closer to 250 or 260. But I kind of feel like there might be more power coming than we've seen so far. That's what he's been in his career. If he just strikes out 25% of the time and walks like this and the home runs do come, I'm not going to say that he can't be more valuable than he is right now. Okay. So that's so there now. Um, I just... I just have a hard time believing, with Jed Lowry and Cervelli in particular, that guys who are, Lowry's 34, Cervelli's around that age, that they're just gonna have these like massive career years. Jed Lowry's never hit more than 16 home runs. He has, um, eight already. Cervelli's 32 years old, by the way. I know that Cervelli's made swing adjustments. I know that he's healthy. That's a big deal. But he's never been this good. Jed Lowry's never been this good. I want to see what I can get for them. The pro- I, I still think the problem is that I perception, their names are Jed Lowry and Cervelli. And so the perception in a month of this happening is not going to move enough to where I can sell them really high. And I don't want to sell either of them kind of high because I they are crushing the baseball. And Lowry was a good player last year. Like, if he just regresses to slightly better than last year, I don't want to give that up for nothing. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying they're going to be bad, but I still – maybe this is bold. And I wouldn't make this trade because it's too risky. But I really still feel like Evan Gaddis is going to be better than Francisco Zarelli going forward. Yeah, in Roto, I might make that trade. It would have to be in Roto. There are serious playing time concerns right now with Gaddis. But I, I feel like he's going to get it right. He's been a very consistent hitter. Well, I, and the thing that helps him a lot is how bad Marwin has been. Honestly, like, after their top three, they're not hitting. And Springer hasn't even been that good. They're not really hitting. Reddick has been good. Correa, Reddick, Altuve, Springer, whatever. But, like, they're not really hitting that well. Uh So I, they need Gaddis. I think the Astros have scored about the seventh most runs in baseball. They have a good lineup, but they're not killing it like we expected. Uh, anything to say about Severino, Corey Kluber, Michael Fulmer, Steven Strasburg? Uh, Severino was just absolutely awesome. And the Astros do this sometimes. Um, they, they can strike out a lot from time to time, but he was, he was extremely dominant. I'm feeling a little bit more c- comfortable with Michael Fulmer in that range of starting pitcher that you're definitely going to keep on your roster. Yeah, you but have to start him every time, right? Yeah. The, the very bottom of that range. Right. Um, Kenley Jansen gave up a run. Jeremy Jeffress got a save, 9% owned, but remember, Knable was on his way back. Uh, he started a rehab assignment. Jeffress has a save, Jeffress has a save in two straight games. But I would have to think Hader wasn't available for either one. Uh, well, we've run out of time for some of the stuff I wanted to talk about. Let's do today's matchups. Actually, we got we got the most of it. I'm proud of us, Heath. Very proud. I I think you did a phenomenal job. Uh, I don't I don't buy that. Doesn't sound sincere. What? I, how could I have sounded more sincere? 
Like, what has to be wrong with your ego for me to say that and you just not say thank you? Uh, you're right. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Heath. You're the best. All right. Pirates Nationals. Trevor Williams. People like Trevor Williams, but I don't think you do that much. At Jeremy Hellickson. Yeah, I don't want to start either one of these guys. I don't want to start anyone against the Nationals right now. Um, no. Okay. We've got Jaime Garcia and Carlos Carrasco. I would like to start Carlos Carrasco, please. Julio Tehran at Jason Vargas. This is interesting because Tehran's been better away from his home park over the last year and a half. He's been serviceable. I think I'd start Tehran. Yeah, and you've got to figure Cespedes won't have his necklace today. Cespedes won't have his necklace, and like the, he has the best offense in baseball behind him, so against Jason Vargas. <laughs> Uh, Tanaka at McCullers. Start him. Mike Fires at Skogland. I, I looked at this one a lot when I was looking for DFS purposes. I, I would guess one of these starting pitchers is going to be really good. I don't feel comfortable with either of them because the other one could give up eight runs. Oh, you must hate DFS today. Only four night games. It's terrible. Alex Wood at Patrick Corbin. Start them both. Start them. Joe be a genie tonight at Adam Plutko for the Indians. Blue Jays at Indians. No, thank you. David Price at Mike Miner. Now, remember, the Red Sox, until they saw Danny Duffy, could not hit lefties. I did not ever believe that. They have some of the best hitters in baseball against lefties. <laughs> yes. Betts, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts. I No, I don't want to start. Uh, Miner. I what? don't want to start Miner. I'm... I'm going to start Price without question, but I do feel a little bit queasy about it. Okay. Twins at White Sox. Odorizzi at Reynaldo Lopez. I kind of think both these guys get blown up here. Oof. Uh, Chris Tillman at... Uh, who are you? Uh, Jaime Barria. Or Barria. Ba- I think it's Barria. Barria. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sean Mania Wade LeBlanc. Who the... Why, who is Mania. pitching tonight? <laughs> Where are all these guys coming from? <laughs> Joe Biagini, Adam, or what's your name? Adam Plutko, Baria, Baria, LeBlanc. I just, what is happening? My goodness. All yeah, right. yeah, those are all actual names of baseball players. This <laughs> reminds me of the game that we played last year. Yes. Where you had to tell me who a guy was and what team he played for. Yes. I, I think we should play that again. Okay, tomorrow, bring it on. Uh, right. Here's some emails to end the show. Real quick, uh, from Mike Kaz. I heard a wild stat while watching the D-backs-Dodgers game. Paul Goldschmidt has struck out 20 times in his last 47 at-bats. Are you concerned about Paul Goldschmidt? I'm a little bit concerned just because of the reasons we were concerned before the season. But I still think he's – I mean, he's still my number one first baseman. So there's that. From Brian, who will have a better season, Alex Verdugo or David Dahl? Dull. From Paul, will Vladimir Jr. get called up? What month would you guess it happens? If I had to pick like any month or no, I'd probably pick no. But if I was going to say yes, it would be June. Okay. Dear Ken, Edgar, and Randy. Ken, Edgar, uh, and Randy. Hall so of Fame easy. class? Hall of Fame Mariners? Yeah, I mean, they got to be Mariners. Uh, Ke- this is Keegan, by the way, from St. George, Utah. I gave up Blake Snell and Kenta Maeda for Chris Davis. Did I make a huge mistake? Should I be worried about Chris Davis? Gave up Snell and Maeda for Chris Davis. You might be made a huge mistake just because you got rid of Blake Snell. I think it's fair, though. I mean, I think it's a good trade. I'm not worried about Davis. He's had he's in like a seven game slump, but before this, he was batting 250 and slugging over 500, like he always does. How do you if feel he gets Wade way? LeBlanc tonight. He's probably going to dome. <laughs> there you go. Bobby from Charlotte. Hey, Mark, Kevin, and Lori. Oh, I know that. It's leftovers. Where do you rank Chris Taylor in the shortstop rankings? Five by five roto. Something I'm going to have to decide today, isn't it? When I update my rankings. It is. Um, he's a starter, but I would say he's outside of the top nine for sure. Eleventh. Uh, also, uh, Bobby says, I've been listening to the podcast for about five years now, typically on the way to and from work, 
always at 1.5 speed, uh, 1.5x speed. I just listened on the computer for the first time at normal speed, and good lord, y'all talk slow. Is this on purpose, as I assume most listeners use the 1.5x speed? Or is it that I am so used to the 1.5x that you all sound like hillbillies at normal speed? Um, I'm pretty sure it's you. It's you, not us. It's you. I don't speak slowly at all. And that's it for today's show. We'll get Scott White back tomorrow. Sorry, Scott White. Heath, thank you very much. All of you out there, thank you very much. Talk to you tomorrow.